Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive. Tonight, we're talking about those hip-firing, not-so-stealthy snipers and dirty, filthy campers known as the Gunslinger. I'm Chad, and tonight I'm talking with Beth. Hello! David. Heyo! And our gun-toting expert, Stara. Howdy! So, today we're just going to get right into it, because I want to talk about the Gunslinger for a while. I uh, think I'm going to have some hot takes. Uh, probably, I normally do. Um, so, as per usual, we like to talk about the fantasy of the class. And this is one of the things that excites me the most about a gunslinger, right? Because when we talk about historical context, sure, there's a lot of, or there's some history of, like, how guns worked, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about any of that. All I want to talk about is spaghetti westerns. All Beth wants to talk about is spaghetti. When I first no. heard, and I was like, yes! That joke. It's about time! Oh, you know what? Spaghetti. Pasta podcast. Let's go. Alright, no. I, that, that was mean. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I, I freaking, so it makes me sound old. I know that. I know it makes me sound old, uh, but I grew up around a nursing home. <laughs> my mother worked in a nursing home most of my life, uh, and we would go after school sometimes uh, if we didn't have a babysitter or whatever, uh, and we would hang out at the nursing home, um, and sometimes mom would make us do things for them, and sometimes you would just sit and watch TV, and they would always play these old like movies and there always would be like bonanza played for forever just like mash did but that's neither here nor there what i remember is a movie called the good the bad and the ugly and absolutely if you've never heard of that movie that's fine one you should go watch it Especially if you like old films and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but everyone has heard the dueling song. Like, the, the, the theme song. Uh, we have to be careful now because of copyright. You know? Yeah, definitely. I copyright. thought that we were going to play the noise, but I like more that Beth sang the noise. <laughs> I really like that. I think it, a certain je ne sais quoi, if you will. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my interpretation. It's my parody of it. <laughs> so we don't have to pay trademark. Yeah. I no. appreciate that. <laughs> no, that's that's not. A really passion true, project, but... if you will. Uh, just, just in case, though. Uh... Trademark, trademark, trademark over <laughs> Beth's interpretation. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, that was pretty bad. But so whenever I think about the gunslinger, that's immediately where I go to. Uh, right? Like 
these Wild West duels, the the sheriff risking it all for the town. Uh, and um, this is really going to sound, this is probably going to be even worse. Old Harlequin novels. Do you, so you guys know what a Harlequin novel is, right? Mm-hmm. Like those old romance novels yep. Yep. that mm-hmm. sometime could get a little risky. A little risque. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> and uh, by by risque, I mean um, it, would, it would show like a very handsome man's chest on the cover, and like this woman <gasps> draped around him, scandalous, cloth. Yes, of course. And he usually had a cowboy hat, um, but like, and only a cowboy I, hat. I wonder where that cowboy hat is. Anyway, this is way off topic. But there was this uh, rack at my local library that that's all they had. And I remember, like, up until, like, when I got a little bit older, then I would start seeing, like, more modern ones. But for a long time, it really just was all these Western novels. Like, Little House on the Prairie. Beth, are you saying that at your library there was a rack of books that exclusively featured cowboy racks would you say yeah. that there were racks on yeah, racks there were also lady <laughs> racks on them come on listen let's not objectify women okay they've gone through no, that enough you're right you're right we are only hat. here to objectify cowboys <laughs> cowboys specifically gotcha specifically. okay all right, anyway, yes, racks upon in this racks episode. Of, upon racks um, of of these novels. And it's just immediately where my mind goes. Like, I don't, I, uh, I don't really go to uh, anything else. And I know that that's, like, fiction. So I'm just basing my fiction off of other f- pieces of fiction. And there's not really, like historical context is like some of the guns that are in the book uh oh we're talking about the gunslinger right so we are specifically talking about the guns and gears book uh specifically the guns section so the way that the guns and gears book is split it's split into two like mini books one's is guns and one's is gears anyway so like anytime i i picture that I know that there is actual like history behind guns, like you know, people who actually created gunpowder, like uh, muskets and all this other stuff. Like I don't care about any of it. I just care about dueling pistols on a guy's hip, and like that's that that song playing while he's reaching for his gun, and they they're like flexing their fingers, and his hips don't lie. As hips do not lie. Yeah, guns on his hips and nothing else. <laughs> okay, Listen, no, we've got no, cowboy no. hats. Hell yeah. Oh, Reaching for that gun. Listen, <laughs> if your chaps are assless, that's a personal choice, okay? Okay, we, <laughs> we, we are fully <laughs> off the rails at this point. This is our usual uh, point, actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other... We had, like, one other episode that was this horny, and I do not remember which one it was. Swashbuckler. It was the swashbuckler. You're well, right, yeah. Beth. The swashbuckler. I 100% I like, okay. it was the swashbuckler. I was going to yeah. say Bard, but yeah, swashbuckler. Yeah. No. The, no. <laughs> Bard was He's living the, the same. Yeah. Well, He's living the same. 
swashbuckler is just a, a more stabby version of the bard. So yeah, it works out. Yeah, swashbucklers are like stabby bards, and gunslingers are like shooty swashbucklers. Actually, I like that shooty swashbucklers. Yeah. All right, yeah. so that the only other piece of like inspiration that I like to pull in, which again was inspired by those old spaghetti westerns, uh, is Trigun. Yes. If you guys have ever seen that anime? Oh, heck yes. Perfect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Obviously. So, anyway. Whenever we talk about the, the Gunslinger, first or second edition, it doesn't matter. When they talk about, like, that release, that's what my mind goes to. Is those old spaghetti western films and uh, some weird anime stuff. <laughs> so... I think that's why I'm not the hugest fan of the gunslinger. So I, I just spent all that time setting up this like wonderful, the good, bad, the ugly. It's a great piece of cinema. I love that song. I love Trigun. I love all these like spaghetti westerns. I love Bonanza. I don't like the gunslinger. Is it because it cannot live up to the unrealistic expectations in your mind? No, I think it's because, to me, it, and this is going to sound pretentious, and understand, I, I know this, and I never prevent my players from playing a gunslinger, but it doesn't fit with what I want in the fantasy space. I could cast Fireball with my hand. Why do I want to shoot a musket? Because your musket doesn't require spell slots. <laughs> Yeah, but I'd rather do with spell slots than, like, gun misfires. And, like, if I'm going to go for a duelist, right? Like, if I'm going to go for that spaghetti western style, I'm going to go back even further to the old samurai films, right? Uh, and the, like, black and white dueling um, shogun and stuff. Like, that's what I want in my fantasy versus... Okay. The, the gun stuff. So, like, that's, uh, I think, my mental block on it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I know, like, I'm not the only one, but maybe the only one who kind of thinks like that. So, well, I think it also depends, right? So, maybe this is this is the time to get into this this is an uncommon class right and i think that kind of answers the question of like you know because my question would be like in a world with guns why would you still be using like bow and arrows right like why would you still have yeah. classes that use crossbows that use bow and arrows that use right. you know these sorts of things um and I think technically with gunslingers, you can use crossbows as your, quote, guns. Um, but Yeah, but why would you? Right, exactly. Um, and that that's sort of my thing, right? So as long as you make it uncommon and you make it that it's sort of only this, te this developing technology that's in part of the world that's not accessible to everybody, I think that sort of addresses it. And I think it's also interesting because I love the question of, like, how soon would Harry Potter have ended if somebody would have just shot Voldemort? 
<laughs> like, yeah, like, I've heard that before. If the if the wizarding world had merely paid attention to any Muggle technology at all, yeah. you could have avoided this. You could have avoided this whole thing, right? And so, you and know, of course, there's like you could say, oh, well, they would have shields or whatever. You could say, yeah, oh, they what? have magical force shields or whatever. And I'm like, right, but I also think that Voldemort would just assume that nobody would have the audacity to shoot him. Like, he's not thinking about silly little muggles. And this is not the point of this podcast. I'm just saying that it's an interesting, (laughs) like, it's an interesting thing to think about is, like, in a world where there's magic and there's guns, like, you know, how do those interact together and how do you sort of balance out the technology advancements versus magical advancements, right? So we'll get into this in a different episode if we ever actually go through the the Guns and Gears book. But there's actually like different ways that you can actually integrate this into your mm-hmm. game. Um, so there's definitely rules for that. Uh, but I, I really want to go back and touch on what you said, which is th- it doesn't matter how many guns are in your game. This is still an uncommon class. So automatically, mm-hmm. if you want to play a gunslinger, you're going to have to get permission from your GM. Now... Again, I already said, as a GM, I don't care too much. Right. And for example, like you allowed me to play one in the one shot that we ran, which I think is a great time to play one if you want to sort of try it out before you take it for a whole campaign spin is just to play a one shot with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So like there's um, an inherent like rarity, right, in an in-comic uncommon class this is also the first uncommon class now it came out at the same time as the adventer both of them are uncommon uh but they're the first ones with that tag all the other classes are um standard so kind of interesting uh with that because again we're getting into some of the book stuff with this uh Sort of context of of me thinking Wild Wild West uh, every time I think of the Gunslinger. Let's talk about the new iconic. So Gunslinger had a different iconic in Pathfinder 1. So they released a new iconic. She is awesome. Uh, now Mika is I think how you uh, say her name. She is a, a dwarf with a huge blunderbuss. And that is not a euphemism. It could um, be. We're not sure, but in this case, out. I am talking about her actual blunderbuss. Right, right. I'm just saying it would also it would also be cool if she was trans. I'm just like, let's just throw that out there. It would be cool. Hold on, actually, but actually, I think she is. Oh, yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me look it up before before I say that that's true. Mika Ironsight. Oh, maybe not. Maybe it was somebody else that was. I'm just saying my personal headcanon will be that she is trans, and that is a euphemism. I know there is. I thought there was one of the iconics that was, but I can't. Now I'm just. The internet says that Shardra, the shaman, is. That might be Pathfinder 1. The Shaman is Pathfinder 1. And that may be who I'm thinking of then. 
yeah, so Shardra, apparently, from Pathfinder 1. But anyway, headcanon. Ah, uh, that's why what I thought do. it was her. Because look up a picture of Shardra. Oh, do they look super similar? She's also a dwarf. Like a dark-skinned dwarf. Oh, not her gear and stuff, but here. Oh, yeah, I see, I see what you mean. Yeah, so like... Apparently, I thought that was similar enough to, like, spark in my brain that she was trans. But no, it was this other lady. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Does bring me to one of the things that I was kind of disappointed on. And again, like, maybe you can just tell me that I'm full of it. But how cool would it have been if you could have had a strength-based gunslinger? So, hear me out. You kind of can. I'm interested. You ca- I mean, like, yeah, they need to be decks because you're shooting things. But also, you right. kind of can have a strength-based one. Is that one of the ways? Yeah, we can talk about that more when we get to yeah, ways. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. No, I just... <clears throat> I wish you could pick, like, strength or decks, which, you're right, there, there, is, a, there is a way that will kind of allow you to do it. But all I could think of is, like, somebody who throws... Uh, or, or wields a huge blunderbuss that you've got to hold on to, or a rocket launcher, only, like, it fires fireworks and stuff. I was uh, imagining someone, okay. like, carrying an actual ship's cannon, like, just carrying it up around with them. I love that. Just, make your, make your character <laughs> half-giant. <laughs> Done. Boom. Right. So that's kind of what I was thinking about. But it is dex-based. Um... Everything else is pretty standard to other uh, damage classes. So you've got eight hit points plus constitution. You're an expert in perception. Always great. Uh, You're an expert in fortitude and reflex. Again, makes perfect sense, especially with that dex. You get three skills plus your intelligence modifier, uh, which is pretty pretty average, but not the worst like that's pretty good and then we get into the weapon proficiencies and this is the longest weapon proficiency in all the classes so you are expert how long is it beth it's so long i can't finish that i i are we talking about blunderbusses again i was waiting for that thank you you're welcome yeah i'm sorry i didn't you set it up, and I just whiffed it because I'm very bad at jokes. No, it's a, it was a, it was a, no, 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 no. It was a, it was a two part setup. David set up you, and then you set up me, and I came in for the kill. This is go. why I'm the funny one. Teamwork. Um, teamwork makes the dream work. All right. Anyway, moving on. Weapon proficiencies. You are expert in firearms and crossbows, both simple and martial. Everything else you're trained. Now. We're going to come back to that. We're going to move on, talk about ways. Uh, But I want you to keep that in your mind, that you are expert in firearms and crossbows of both the simple and martial variety, but in everything else you're trained. Okay? Uh, Also, you get medium armor, light, medium, and unarmored defense. So that's pretty great. Uh, Honestly, I was kind of expecting um, light armor. Yeah, medium armor seems a bit of a stretch for a dex build, but I think it's good. 
Yeah. Uh, that's a good point with it being a dex build. Um, because your dex is already gonna be high. Mm -hmm. Why take the medium armor? Once again, once again, depends on the way. Well, Sarah, why don't you tell me what a way is? Sure. So ways are, man, I'm going to say the wrong word here, but they're basically kind of like archetypes. So you have um, four different ways to choose from, and that's sort of your specialty of how right. your gunslinger is going to work. Your fighting style. Which I think is really cool. Think archetype in the like literary sense and not archetype the Pathfinder rule sense. Yeah. See, I told you I was going to use the wrong word. Yeah, so there are four uh, ways that you can choose from. And each way specifies different reloads, deeds, and skills that you get for each class. And they sort of inform how you're going to build your character and stuff like that. So the reason I'm going over this and not Beth is because I actually made a gunslinger for uh, something that we did together for a one shot, uh, which is why I had promoted that before. Bear with me as I try to assume Beth's hosting prowess <laughs> for a minute. Um, uh, so there are the four. Is now on the other foot. Now I get to be <laughs> the funny one. <laughs> We've swapped. Th this is the pressure I feel whenever I have to do Chad's intros and outros. <laughs> Perfection. That was uh, excellent. Love it. Uh, so you've got the Drifter, the Pistolero, the Sniper, and the Vanguard. Uh, so first of all, we have the drifter, which is sort of your, your typical, like when you think of drifters in sort of a post-apocalyptic sense, that's what I like to think of. They're sort of a little yeah. bit of a jack of all trades. They're doing their best to survive. They're just a little, like a little bit crazy, you know, just like a little <laughs> unhinged. Um, but these are going to be your dual wielders. So you're going to be having one gun, a gun in one hand, and a melee weapon in the other. Uh, so that's kind of a cool combo already. Um, the reload that you have is the reloading strike. So you can reload and strike in the same action. So you can use one action to do both of those, where normally you would need to take two. Your initial deed... Uh, is that you get a free stride action towards a perceived enemy. So you have to be able to perceive them first. A um, deed, in this case, is like kind of a special ability that each way allows you to use, right? Yes. Uh, and you do get different deeds at different levels. So your initial deed you get at level 1, and then you get additional deeds at levels 9 and 13 as you level up your character. Uh, and then the skill oh, that you get cool. for the drifter is acrobatics. Uh, and I think the drifter has a little bit more to do with flourish actions as well. Um, so this is also why I said that sometimes your gunslingers can just be a shooty version of swashbucklers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I really love that in the text of this particular way, it says... Uh, that you might have learned how to fight with a blade and a pistol in the shackles. So in Galarian, the shackles are pretty much pirate land. This is a bunch of islands. There's literally pirates. There's a whole adventure path where you get to be a pirate. And that's exactly like the way of the drifter. Everything I read about it is definitely like 
piratey and I expect you to have mm-hmm. um a mustache and a like at least one eye a, patch. At least one, but you might have two. Either <laughs> over one. each eye or two on one eye, just to double up the protection. Yeah. Uh, the next one would be Beth's favorite class, the Pistolero, uh, which is like your classic duelist. So you can either single or dual wield, and you've got the Raketeur's Reload. Did I say that right? I French is not my strongest. Yeah, I think so. Great. I can't speak English, so this works. <laughs> Fantastic. You can create a diversion or demoralize. While you're reloading. Mm-hmm. And your skills with that are deception or intimidation, depending on which one you want to go with, diversionary or demoralizing. Depending on if you're the good or the bad. Or if you're just scary. You don't like you you don't have to be bad. You can just be ugly. Yeah. I really do like that their first deed is ten paces. Yes. Yeah. So you get a plus two to initiative. And you can step up to 10 feet as a free action on your first turn only. There seems to be uh, quite a few things that's like on initiative, like a lot of deeds that are like, okay, you roll initiative. Before we even go, I have some sort of action that allows me Mm -hmm. to do a cool thing first. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. I do like that. It's because having a gun is cool. In 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 fantasy land. In fantasy Pathfinder land, having a gun is cool. Right. I mean, exactly. This my my commentary on Pathfinder weapons has no <laughs> bearing on my opinion on weapons in real life. Let's keep this in mind. Fair. I think that is a fair statement. It was a fair. Okay. Great. The next one you have is Sniper. So this is sort of where you start getting into why gunslingers might have medium armor. Um, So with the Sniper, you get death from a distance. Um, I feel like everybody knows what a Sniper is. I don't feel like I need to explain the (laughs) whole (laughs) sitch there. Um, But you have covered reload for your reload action. So you get to take cover or hide and reload in the same action. Um, And then your skill is stealth. And your initial deed is one shot, one kill. You get 1d6 of precision damage. uh, And then it increases at 9th level and 15th level. Which is awesome. But also I can't hear that phrase and not hear it in Widowmaker's voice from the game Overwatch. (laughs) So like every time I see that deed, I'm like... One shot, one kill in my bad French accent. Love it. Yes. Incredible. Also, I love that Pathfinder thinks that your sniper rifle, and then if you just add one D6 of precision damage to it, that's going to kill your enemies up until <laughs> level nine. Like, that's right, what's that's pushing you over the edge. That's what's going to do that it. That one D6. The one D6. Damage. Precision damage uh, you know. is all you needed. To hopefully you're not guy. facing an enemy that is immune to precision damage. Yeah, that would suck. That would be no good. <laughs> then no kills, obviously. You just one <laughs> shot and no kills for maybe a while. Uh, the other class, the other way. Sorry, not class. The other way. Oh, benefits- and the skill on that one was stealth. Did we say that? I, me- I did mention that. 
I I skipped the order because I was like, listen, you get to take cover and hide. And then, anyway. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, so the last way uh, is the Vanguard. And this is also where the medium armor might come into play. Um, and this is also where, before we were talking about making a strength build for your characters, this could also come into play here. So your Vanguard is really your heavy artillerist. And they're also going to be your meat shield. Literally, that's their whole initial deed is living fortification. That is just a fancy way to say meat shield. You get a plus one to AC until your first turn or a plus two if your weapon has the parry trait. Um, you're also getting a reload that is clear a path. You get to reload and shove some people out of your way at the same time. Uh, and then this one, your skill is athletics that you're trained in. So this is going to be your big, beefy, brawny, himbo guy with a gun <laughs> who stands in front of all of his friends because the power of friendship is going to keep him safe. Also, he's got so many muscles, it doesn't seem possible. So, so th this one feels very Gears of War to me. Mm. Okay. Back in the day. All right. Fair yeah, enough. I could see that. Absolutely. So this is so I think the Vanguard is really where your strength build is going to come into play. Yeah, it's still it's like strength light, right? Like yeah, because you still have to shoot with your decks. But still, it is pretty great. And at uh, what is it? Level fifteen, you get something called Siege Breaker, which you know, fair enough, sounds very uh, Gods of War. Yeah, uh, I think that was a Steven Seagal movie. Siege Breaker sounds like it. There is actually one more way. It's the way what? of the spell the spells shot. Is this in the Ah, uh Guns and Gears. Man, guess I can't read. It's fine. Cuz it's in a different section. So I oh. think the spell shot is actually in what section is that? Guns It's another characters. way and not just like the name of a gun, right? Uh-uh. No, no, no. The spell shot is something else. So it looks like the way of the spell shot is actually tied to the, a class archetype. So spell shots aren't ordinary gunslingers. It's kind of like a magus, but with guns. Hmm. So you would have to start off as a different, presumably magic class, to archetype into the spell shot no the prerequisite is you must be a gunslinger yeah and you have to hmm. take it at fourth at first level as a way so it's like a way but also a class archetype yeah spell shots are weird that seems bizarre yeah so so understand that it is separate from the other ways like because it it is different that sounds needlessly complicated it just seems to me that, like, they couldn't make the spell shot fit either thematically or mechanically with all the other things. They made that... it its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, even got its own, like, archetype feats that come with it, uh, which I find uh, very strange. So mm. you have your... It, it's like it has a way... And an archetype that all kind of go together. Uh, but yeah, you get to 
uh, essentially fire magic bullets. <laughs> so, you know, that's pretty cool. But uh, I will say the art for that one is really great. Hmm. Uh, it's like this woman in like an armored dress holding a sniper rifle with like magic runes all all down the side. Dang. It's pretty great. So yeah. Uh spell shot is not a normal way. I would say even if your GM says, "Hey, you can play a an uncommon way in an uncommon class." <laughs> right, exact exactly. I almost feel like it it needs the rare tag. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that one's kind of there, too. Uh, I just wanted Cool. What is your favorite one of the ways, Sarah? Which one did you pick? So I played a Pistolero, and that was because I wanted to wield two guns at the same time. Which takes a little bit of finessing, just because then you have to take two separate reload actions, one for each of your guns. That is until you get into sort of the higher levels, and you can take like take feats and different things to reduce the amount of reload actions that you need to take, or you can add additional actions onto what you can do. Yeah, I originally wanted to be a vanguard. Um, I think those are my two favorite favorites is, is the Vanguard and the Pistolero Pistolero because you can dual wield. Um, and then the Vanguard just because I do love a himbo. So like (laughs) playing one is always really fun. And like, I love the idea of just being like this big beefy meat shield that also has just this huge gun. And you're like, no, like, I'm going to stand on the front lines and I'm going to just have an absurd amount of firepower. Good luck. Yep. Those are my two favorites. Chad, what's your favorite? I'm also going to go with the Vanguard, but that's just because I I really want the idea of picking up just a freaking ship cannon. Yes. <laughs> running out onto the battlefield with <laughs> Yes. It's going to take forever to fire that thing, buddy. You forgot the cannonballs back there, but darn it, you were strong enough to pick up the cannon. You go for it, buddy. That's so proud so of you. Please, I just want you to have like a mini crew of like goblins or like gnomes or something, and they run around and they load the cannon for you. That's yes. fantastic. Cannon crew. It's almost like it's the pit droids from like Star Wars. Yes. Yes. Only it's goblins. <laughs> Yes. That's a, that's a better improvement. I love it. Goblin. Goblin pit droids. Uh, David, what about you? I feel like we all showed up to the party wearing the same thing because I like the Vanguard too. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, though my my take on the Vanguard, I, I went through and sort of quickly made my own character like with it. But uh, my take on the Vanguard is going with one of those uh, two-handed guns that's also a melee weapon. Mm. Yeah. Are, are, are we going to go through guns later in the episode? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. I'll uh, save this rant for a little later then, but yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I built like a, a dwarven vanguard gunslinger that Ooh, carried nice. uh, then an axe that is also a musket, but then also had like the there's like an alchemical element to it as well. So oh, was, so good. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so my I am the one who's actually different. So the Vanguard is great, don't get me wrong. But I really like the Drifter. Like, the idea of a pirate with, like, a dagger and a pistol or a a musket or... Yeah, I don't know. I just... I love the idea of having a gun and a melee weapon... And showing up to the party prepared for whatever uh, you need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yes. plus, I love the shackles. Like, I, like, it's such a cool, like, part of the world. Uh, essentially ruled by pirates. Like, come on. How is that not amazing? It sounds and like I best also, pirate era to me. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Uh, I just, and again, if we go back to, like, the fantasy of of it all, like, that kind of just fits with my aesthetic more. Like, I don't know. I, I think that's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Beth, how much do you just gush over the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? Look, it's complicated. Okay. Let's just this say is that. A, this is an unfair question to ask a bisexual. <laughs> Exactly. They are fantastic, David. So, okay, look, they're not, they're not, but... But I love Aesthetically. 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 Also, the first one was really good. First one... I will say that. None of them are high art. Like, okay... No, but, like, the first one was good. Necessarily for high art. Like, you're never gonna hear me say that Star Wars is, like, perfection in film like no that's not true but was it a good movie yes yes i'm good i love it i'm okay with it that's how i feel about the pirates of the caribbean movie movies four was just bad though but anyway yeah. i agree oh, movie yeah. t- hot takes i i i only meant one through three yeah no I, <laughs> yeah four should i don't think of any of the others i think there's only five yeah. i'm not sure Oh is my god! I know oh. there's a fifth. We have the fifth one. It's still in plastic. I don't care. Oh, and I think there's talks That's about doing I mean. a six. Either way, aesthetically, those movies should be right up my alley. Uh, but again, they're not the best movies ever made. Um. Moving back to the gunslinger. So the gunslinger actually gets a couple of class features uh, that are pretty nice that I just kind of wanted to make mention. So right off the bat, you have something called singular expertise. So you remember an hour ago. No, (laughs) it wasn't that long. But you remember earlier when I was talking about the weapon proficiencies, right? This is where that really comes in uh, to play. Singular expertise means that you can never be 
more than trained in any other weapon type other than firearms and crossbows. If your class, because your class does say you become proficient or or, um, master in simple and martial weapons, it only counts towards guns and uh, crossbows. But you also get a plus one to your damage rolls, uh, which is kind of weird, right? And and it's like you can eventually get better, but it's always going to be behind. Yeah, you're always going to be best with guns and kind of mediocre with anything else. Then at level three, get stubborn. And when I first read Stubborn, I was like, oh, yeah, this is just a standard. You become your proficiency rank and will increases to expert. Okay, cool. Move on. Right. But I love the second part of it. When you fail, but don't critically fail, will save against an effect that would give you the controlled condition, you get to attempt a second save. That seems OP. Essentially, somebody tries to possess you. You get two rolls automatically. If you fail the first one, you get a second one. Because you're so damn stubborn. You ever been so confident in yourself that it takes two tries to possess you? No, but with this class ability, you can. Right. Look at it. We're an info commercial now. I love cosplaying as someone with self-confidence. <laughs> okay, that that was a deep cut. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is, though. You're absolutely right. It's it's kind of crazy. Uh, that, like, I don't know. I just really, really loved that. Um, everything else was pretty uh, standard. Um, you get more deeds as you level up. Uh, there's really no, like, crazy um, capstone ability or anything. Uh, it's just... Like, at level 19, you get Legendary Perception and Medium Armor Mastery. Ooh. Great. What about this? At level 13, you get Legendary Proficiency with your firearms and crossbows. Yeah, which is really early. Yeah. Like, level 13 is really early. Yeah, yeah. That's fair, yeah. I I mean, that's like level 20. It's usually a a 20th level feat, frankly, for for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, and to get it, like, so early is really good. But you have to remember that your proficiency with simple, martial, and unarmed attacks only increases to expert. I will also say, you don't have to feed into it. As a class ability, you automatically get advanced firearms. Now, it's it's only with Master. It's not a Legendary. So, there's that. But, at least you get uh, advanced firearms. So, you know, that's kind of cool. But that is a fair point, David. Like, you do get legendary really early but you'll never be legendary with your rapier 
I think this is the horniest episode now. Yeah. I think it, I, I just, Swashbuckler yeah. was pretty, uh, they live yeah. in the uh, same. Yeah. Yeah. Category. I, I just said that, that came out of my mouth and I realized what I had said and you can master your rapier, but you cannot be legendary with it. Mm-mm. Just understand that. But the swashbuckler definitely can. <laughs> so True. I'm thinking they're more horny. <laughs> this isn't the most horny. Episode. I mean, if they can, if they can be so legendary with their rapier, you know, that's fair. All right, I'm moving on. Um, <laughs> I don't want to move on. That's pretty great. Uh, I I I do really like that. Um, let's talk feats. Because I will say, as we talked about deeds, same with feats, it has some of the best named feats. So I will say, with only one book that's focused so far on Gunslinger, there isn't quite as many as there are for some of the other classes. And uh, you may find yourself kind of following like a very specific path. So... Um, that's one of the downsides. It's just not as many options. Uh, but there are some really great ones. Um, so there are definitely like a whole tree of feats leading towards dual wielding. Right. Mm-hmm. And as a dual wielder, so like when Sarah built her character, you had to take those feats. Like you didn't really get to pick and choose much other than I got to be better at dual wielding. Mm-hmm. But I do really like the feet hit the dirt where you fling yourself out of harm's way, which is you get a plus two circumstance bonus to AC against, it's a reaction, so against the triggering attack. Somebody fires at you and you jump out of the way and you get a bonus to your AC from it. And I just love that. I like the note at the end where it's uh, whether or not it misses or hits, you still end up prone at the end of it. Yeah, you're still in the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I like that too. Uh, which was pretty great. Of course, you have things like quick draw and reload feeds. At level six, you can get something called cauterize. After, you know, shooting your weapon, you can use the hot barrel of your gun to uh, stop a a wound from bleeding. Listen, that is hardcore. That is Mm -hmm. awesome. Also, won't be doing it anytime soon, but that is awesome. Also, it's either you or an adjacent ally are taking persistent bleed damage. (laughs) Yeah. And you still get to hit somebody. I will say it does have the flourish tag, so you can't use another flourish action in the same round. But it's still really cool. Like you, you, you fire to somebody, and then you immediately stop someone else's bleeding. Two actions in one. Love it. Boom! Hey, buddy, look over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there were a couple here that uh, I, I, I took a little. Uh, I don't know, not offense, but like I, I, I'm not so sure about them. One of them yeah, is I the level twelve feet called Dead Eye. Yup. You, you relax your eyes. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Granting you the ability to locate invisible creatures. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you just... You're so you, good. I, that, is, 
legit a spell. I mean, it, it does make <laughs> them concealed to you. But it... Just no. but merely no. concealed. No, I, I don't. <laughs> you can, you're oh. so good with guns. I, you see invisible things. I call bullshit. To, I call bullshit. You have to relax your eyes in order to see something impossible to be seen by other creatures, too. Honestly, I think I would play that off as my character just kind of guessing. And it's just, I'm really <laughs> lucky. Yes. That's right. But like, that's how I would play it if that was my character. Really good intuition. Yeah, yeah. I'm just really, really good at, at hitting people with my guns. <laughs> yeah, I saw your note on that. Uh, our, our, the note just says, I call BS. David calls BS. <laughs> I just, I love that. Oh, geez. And, and then uh, instant return. It's a level 16 feet, which it's basically like you catch a bullet or a uh, crossbow bolt. And then, you know, as long as, like, your gun is, like, a gun or a crossbow, <laughs> depending on what you pick up, you just slap it in there and fire it back, which is like, okay, one, no, this is monk stuff. <laughs> Let's settle down. We had enough of that with the Magus. But also, too, that is not at all how, like, guns or bullets work. <laughs> like, No. No, 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 no. Like, you're, you're not sitting there and, you know, packing the powder and whatever in in a reaction. No, it's not. Look, when we were talking about cultural references, I said Trigun. Like, I said anime bullshit, right? So, like, I feel like catching bullets out of midair is some anime stuff. And then loading them into your own gun and firing them back before anybody can tell. Immediately as a reaction. It's fantastic. So like literally they shoot you, you catch it, load it, fire it again in the course of like second. Like not six seconds. That's a full round. This is a reaction. This is less than a second. This is madness. Just fucking madness. That is not how, no, it's not how it works. <laughs> so, question, David, if your player tried to use that, would you let them use that? Or would you call BS? Would you say no, as the GM, I say you cannot do that. It's, I mean, it's totally in the book. Like, I don't. <laughs> you just think it's ridiculous. I will let them know how I feel. <laughs> roll a reflex save, I guess. I love that. I absolutely. I will let you know how I feel about this. <laughs> the the trigger is just an attack misses you, so it's like you don't even you don't yeah. even roll anything except like the attack <clears throat> going back. But yeah. no, it's no, 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 no. What'd be really funny? Okay, this is getting into some weirdness, but you have two gunslingers standing off. They both have that feet. Oh God! How, okay. How okay. long do they shoot that one bullet back and forth to each other? Do uh, gunslingers get anything that gives them an extra reaction? That's that's the yeah, question. They're not very often. Oh, I mean, yeah, but now we're going to have to build that. Let's do the it. one bullet duelist. How yes. how many gunslingers does it take? Or are they just the world's most efficient recyclers? <laughs> 
Oh, geez. Well, also, I guess if you get if you get hit with a bullet, can you then dig it out and then fire it again? That'd be a different feat. Because this yeah. one definitely is a reaction of the uh, with the trigger of they missed you. But as a different feat, I do like that. I'm proficient um, in medicine, then you're able to dig it up. Yeah, I also really love the uh, come at me feat, uh, where essentially you're just like, look, I am a legendary duelist. I know what I'm doing. Come at me, bruh. That's gotta be for the vanguard. No, it's for the uh, pistolero. It has like a pistolero's challenge where you challenge somebody being like, hey, duel me. This is like, I can duel everybody. Chad, one for the vanguard is a phalanx breaker. And it's Mm -hmm. just like you, you make a charged attack. I think it's a melee. Yeah, I don't know. Like a rain strike. Anyway, it's like if it hits, then the target is pushed back like 10 feet or 20 feet on a critical hit. So you just like knock them off a cliff or something nonsense. I love that. Yes, Vanguard is wonderful. I mean, it's something. So in order for us to talk Gunslinger, we have to talk guns. Before we get into the rest of the Gunslinger and like... um ancestry options let's talk equipment uh there's a couple of mechanics right with guns so we've already mentioned flourish actions that's nothing new we deal with flourish actions with rogues with rangers uh swashbucklers same rule right you can only do one flourish per turn reload so we've mentioned a lot how these different ways of the gunslinger have uh, reload actions, but otherwise it's going to be like one bullet per action, isn't that right, Sarah? Other than your out, your like special reloads. Yes. So reloading kind of sucks. So you got to keep kind of keep track of that. Low key, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then have misfire chances. So every day you have to clean your gun or you have to uh, make a flat check every time you use your gun. And when you misfire, it means that when you fail, it's crit fail. And you have to essentially clear the jam from your gun. So you have to use an interact action to clear out your chamber, which is part of the reason why I don't like guns, right? I don't want to have to deal with misfires. I don't want to have to deal with reloading. And I definitely don't want to have to deal with kickback, which is some of those bigger guns, which is why you have to have the strength built. So kickback is with some guns, you get a plus one to damage, but you get a minus two to attack unless your strength is at a certain point. Vanguard. Right, exactly. Vanguard. So that pretty much means that if you're not a vanguard, you're not using those bigger guns pretty much ever. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like a downside. Then I would say you have guns that fall into two categories. You have classic guns. So things that are inspired by real life. We've talked about the musket, the blunderbuss, which is my personal favorite, which is literally like stuff, stuff, like random metal chunks in it and fire, right? And may or may not be a euphemism. And may or may not. It mostly is. And then you have fantasy guns. 
<clears throat> and let's talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah, you get to go first. Okay, great. So, Beth wouldn't let me have one during the one shot because my level was not high enough. But, Correct. but there is yep. a fantasy gun, and it is called the Tentacle Cannon. Yep, that's a thing. All of your anime dreams have come true. Oh. Um, you, you mean all of my anime nightmares <laughs> have come back to haunt me? I listen. That that sounds like <laughs> your own problem. It's fine. The Tentacle Cannon is a plus one striking weapon built from components of squids, krakens, some other stuff, some sea creatures, really whatever you want. It does piercing damage. It can hold five rounds of ammo. It's concussive. It's got the fatal trait. Uh, You can shoot it for 30 feet, but it's got a two action reload. So that's another thing is that reloads normally take one action, but for certain mm-hmm. larger things, they take two actions. So that's also something to keep in mind. Those squids are slippery. They're hard to hold on to. Slippery. <laughs> uh, it's five five barrels, and each of those barrels is a tentacle. I love it. <laughs> okay. Now. I thought it was going to be each one of those barrels is a squid. <laughs> actually that'd be pretty good too is a tentacle so sometimes you can activate your gun to do magical things one of those things is that uh with two actions you can cause one of the tentacle barrels to come alive and shoot out at an enemy and grapple it and you get increasing bonuses to your grapple as you have greater levels of the gun. So um, just the regular one is a plus 13 to grapple, regardless of size. No size restrictions for our magical tentacle cannon. Um, and then the highest level one, you get a plus 27 to grapple. Just pretty good. So you can grapple, and then you can pull that creature 10 feet directly towards you until it's adjacent. The other thing is uh, if you have a creature that's grabbed, you can continue to grapple it. Because of the tentacles. Because of the tentacles. And then the last thing is that you also get some squid ink situation going on. You can spray ink in a 15-foot cone, and then there's a reflex save associated with it. People who fail the reflex saves are both blinded and dazzled until you get the ink out of your eyes. So just a lot of fun applications for grappling people. I'm going to be honest, I would probably use this gun out of combat to scare the shit out of my own party <laughs> members. Yeah. Yes. And like grab them in the dead of night. That'd be With great. your gun. With my gun. Yeah. Yeah. With my te- with my tentacle cannon. So what I'm understanding here is the Vanguard jumps into the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, steals one of the cannons off Davy Jones's ship, and just shoves Davy Jones into the cannon. <laughs> it was really ambitious for Davy Jones to model the the cannons off of his own facial structure. <laughs> but this you know, beautiful. sometimes we all take risks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Creative artistic risks. 
artistic license. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to make you love this even more. So, uh the tentacle cannon is a sub uh, is one of the uh, subset of guns called beast guns. And all of the beast guns are based off of animal parts. You have things like the breath blaster that looks like a bug shooting like little fire uh, balls at you. Uh, you have the petrification cannon built from the taxidermied body of a basilisk. Ooh, I'm just going to let that sink in. That looks like a zombie chicken cannon. Zombie? I did not see the That's zombie That's how I imagine cannon. a basilisk, is a zombie chicken. Oh, yeah. The giant zombie chicken lizard thing. Basilisks can get pretty big. Obviously, this is a very small one because it only has two bulk. But yeah, this is... Uh, you could kind of think of it that way. The the picture in the book, it looks like a an iguana with more teeth than it and legs than it should have. And you just, like, pull on its tail and it... <laughs> fires a beam of stone energy. It's weird. I'm not going to lie. It's very no, I love weird. It. <laughs> but it's love pretty great. You also have a spider gun. No. No, I refuse. I refuse. It is a I'm firearm made from the, the fangs and spinneret of a large spider. Oh. Deals poison damage. And uh, the poison, like, uh, sticks to them because of the webbing and stuff. Yeah, beast guns are cool. And of course, the tentacle cannon, which, look up a picture of the tentacle cannon. Literally, it does not look like what you think it does. I promise you that. Uh, I, want, I want to highlight one that you have not yet mentioned, Beth, which is the growth gun. The growth gun? I don't know if I've seen that one. Is this a euphemism? I'm just going to ask now. that for every fantasy gun name. The answer is always yes. We'll see. And yes, yeah, I imagine it is. Uh, so it, it is a plus one striking hand cannon made from the regenerative flesh of a hydra, troll, or other similar creature. Okay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this next part of a sentence, and I want everyone to just, just let's let it sink in. <laughs> it has an attached flesh sack. <laughs> no thanks. Yes, go on. No, I, I don't I don't need to. Like that I love that I love that Chad and I had exact opposite reactions where I was like, that's enough of that. And Chad was like, No, 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 keep going, keep going. Tell me more. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll keep going because honestly, I stopped there and maybe it gets so worse. Sorry, audience. Oh my god, it doesn't. It just replenishes ammo. <laughs> yeah. It grows ammo out of the attached flush sack. Okay, so, someone wrote that. So, some one or ones edited oh that. <laughs> Multiple people looked at this. Look, somebody created the flesh morphs as well, so... And, and it's... Yeah, yes, you're right. Somebody created the flesh morphs. Oh, gosh. That, that is the best explanation. Thank you, Chad, for making this make sense to me. Really, really no reframing here. This is some good context. I you just just 
I'm not going to read it right now, but everyone listening to this, go read the entire entry for the growth gun, because it only gets worse. You think it okay. can't, and then it just keeps going. Yep. Regenerating oh. gobbets. I don't even know what a gobbet is. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I do know that uh, it can't be good. Weathers and falls off. Not 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 a goblet, oh. not a gobble, a gobbet. <laughs> Is uh no? I got. I don't even have a joke for this. I was about to type <laughs> "growth cannon" into Google, and then I thought better about You're like, it. Maybe no, don't do that. Don't do that. Your <laughs> wife will ask questions. You're going to get some weird herbal supplement recommendations. Slide that thing into incognito mode before you do. Ooh. Okay, I think that about killed me. Uh, Anyway, beast guns are the absolute best thing ever. Absolutely. Also, I would like to say that I think a character that collects beast guns is extremely possible. Like... That would be really Just, cool. Like the collector. They also have the witch archetype. Yeah. Like, they the Vanguard witch. The Vanguard gun collector. Like maybe there's some sort of reason he has to collect each one. Ugh. All right. There's a beast gunner archetype. I don't know if that's entirely what you're looking for, but it's probably pretty close. Yeah, probably. The last piece of. Uh, two things that we wanted to mention uh, were bandoliers and gun holsters, because, in my opinion, they are mandatory pieces of equipment for the gunslinger. Yes. Oh damn! Hold uh, up! Hold they up! They will help you reload. One real, one real quick goof here. Uh, there's a whole series of just let's have a gun and slap a sword on it or whatever. So there's the mace oh, multi pistol. The hammer gun, the gun sword, which is just like he didn't. There's no, he just didn't even try. He didn't even try. Well, there's that's the axe. Fantasy. That's the axe. Yes, yes. I don't remember which one it is, but yes, the axe musket. It's gun plus sword. The axe musket. Okay, yeah. again, I haven't seen that one. The axe musket. Th- that was the one that I put on my uh, my dwarf vanguard. Anyway, less funny, but more practical. Holsters and bandoliers will help you reload uh, and draw your guns quickly. So if you're planning to create a character, look into gear for your character. Because gear is like, this is an entire uh, class built around a type of weapon. So, you know, pick your gear appropriately. Uh, And then... I think we wanted to talk about silencers. I wanted to talk about silencers because they <laughs> don't make any sense. I feel like this is the start of a um, Seinfeld sketch. What's the deal with silencers? <laughs> exactly. Thank you, David. Yeah. Thank you, David. <laughs> I mean, Sarah was looking at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> I know, sorry. I just, I wasn't expecting it. And I'm going to be honest, I've watched like maybe three episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah. So (laughs) thank you, David, for the rescue there. Uh, No, I want to listen. I want to talk about silencers because like silencers are 
consumable items, they are somehow not permanent items that you can, like, attach to your guns. And the exact wording is they are consumed the first time a shot is fired through it, which seems to indicate that the silencer works on one bullet and one bullet only. Yes, that is correct. Which is a crazy situation, because let me look it up, but I am pretty sure they're, like, kind of expensive. Ah, they're only a silver. Never mind. They're not that expensive. But I also don't want to have to tote around, like, 40,000 silencers with me, you know? Like, I'm definitely shooting more than... a minute. They're probably for the snipers. But once again, baloney. Do not like that. The fact that they're consumable, the fact that they uh, take a minute to attach to your gun, Mm -hmm. like, it is very much, like... Buy a couple, throw them in your backpack, forget you ever have them, you're never going to use them. Right. And, like, I would love, it. like, even if they're single bullet, if you tempered them with, like, okay, it does, it takes one action to put them on, right? Not, like, it takes an entire minute to put them on. Because what if I want to go in and do, like, a secret rogue ops mission with my pistolero, and I'm dual wielding, but, like... Now you're telling me that only two out of my bullets can be silenced. Right. Let me kill people silently. Beg your GM for a homebrew item that just automatically allows your bullets to be silent. I ain't doing that. I would like to say in 5e, I play sort of a, a sort of a gunslinger. He's an alchemist, but like he totes around guns. And one of the things that you can make is actually repeating shot. Which means that you get magic auto ammo every time and you don't have to spend any time reloading and you have magical bullets. And I think that is the greatest thing to exist. But that doesn't exist here, so. I mean, it sounds a lot better than regenerating it within a flush sack. (laughs) You had to say that. You had to remind me of that. I hope I never have to hear you say the words flesh sack ever again. Oh, I felt like that was the best way to have ended the episode right there. And on that note, dice are dying. Goodbye. Dice are dying. <laughs> and, and I'm, and I'm going to die when Sarah and Beth murder me in my sleep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're getting murdered tonight. Like, legitimately. And remember, dice don't die, but David might but if he David keeps does. saying flesh sack. Well, now now you've said it twice. Oh. So you're on thin ice, girl. That's fair. I deserve that. Uh, all right. Can we move on to ancestries, please? Yes. Yeah. So what ancestries would you play with a gunslinger? Goblin. Of- also... This time, I'm not just saying it, because goblins are my favorite ancestry to play, because they're just little weirdos. I love them. Um, But it's because, for the gunslinger, there is actually sort of, goblins have their own class of guns, and of weapons, Mm -hmm. um, is that they're sort of like these cobbled together um, sort of contraptions. Uh, and so goblins actually do, like, have their own weapon specializations. 
um, and guns that you can equip for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Along those same lines, so do dwarves and elves. So those are the three that are really going to be your big ones are dwarves, goblins, and elves, because they all have specialty guns in the weapons lists that can only be equipped if you have that ancestry. Which is kind of cool when you think about it. Which is kind of cool, and I think really plays into sort of the uncommon aspect of the ancestry, where there are only a couple, you know, sort of like societies or towns that might have these weapons and that have these technologies on the other hand it was extremely frustrating because i wanted to make basically like an orc or a half orc vanguard right that's Mm -hmm. playing a lot towards strength and just the big meat shield but now you're much more limited on your options for guns because like some of the list is okay well you can only have this if if you're an elf or a dwarf or a goblin so i think thematically it makes sense like like role play wise it makes sense i think Mm -hmm. in terms of being able to build any character that you want to build it's limiting no i think that's really fair i do like the idea of it but you could i think you could always like Talk to your GM, right? Of course, as a very chill GM, that's what I say to everybody. Just talk to me, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't see a reason why, like, you could come up with a story reason, or you're on a major metropolitan area. Like, everybody's got everything. Like, that's how I am. But I understand some GMs are different. Talking to them and asking nicely doesn't work. Guess what? Your GM's probably tired. Go get them a Starbucks gift card, and it might just help a bit more. Might help. You know, that may be why you're my favorite. Listen, bribery will get you everywhere. (laughs) Exactly. Literally. Especially Starbucks? Like, I'm basic, alright? I know that. It's okay. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think that there's really an ancestry that wouldn't be a good sl- gunslinger. Like, you could always just understand that if you take something with a dex deficit, uh, that you will be sort of behind a little bit, but you can make up for that and um, can kind of make it work. Everybody kind of uses dex unless you're going for like a, a heavy armor build. So, you know. But yeah, I, I think Gunslinger is one of those that just kind of fits with everybody. Although I would mm-hmm. say a Drifter Catfolk would be cool as hell. Ooh. Wait. Wasn't there, there that cat captain in uh, Treasure Planet? Didn't <laughs> yeah. she wield a, yeah. son, a, a sword and a gun? A son. Yes, she did. Uh, a sword and a gun. A son. A son, yeah. Uh, sh- let me tell ya. That movie was one of my favorite movies it's as a kid. It's amazing. That cat harnessed the power of the sun. I-, I don't know if this was on the podcast, but this is not the first time that we've referenced the cat captain from Treasure Planet. <laughs> Look, okay, maybe... David, she's Maybe hot. I have a type. Okay. I know. She's real hot, dude. 
true. Uh, I bet it was in the swashbuckler episode. Yeah, I was like, was it the swashbuckler episode? <laughs> I mean, it was either that or oh, it was geez. the the player's guide that brought the cat folk. One of the two. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm dying. So I guess I want to kind of just end this episode talking a little bit about the original Gunslinger for Pathfinder 1. There isn't much to say because uh, they're very, very similar. They uh, only had light armor. Uh, they had something called grit, which uh, there w- is referenced in like a couple of feats and stuff. But you had grit was like with which was like a pool of resource for you, kind of like panache. And uh, there was no ways, right? Like that's very much a Pathfinder two thing. Uh, and there was a really big focus on like the crafting aspect of it. And there can be in Pathfinder 2, but it's definitely not a core class feature like it was in Pathfinder 1. And I'm okay with that. I don't need a crafting class. Like, if I wanted to be a a crafter class, I would go be an alchemist. Like, that's just how I feel about it. Um, But other than that, they're very similar feel. I feel like overall impressions, they did a really good job of remaking the Gunslinger. Uh, they brought it up up to date uh, to the Pathfinder 2 aesthetic. Uh, I like the new Iconic. She's super awesome. It's just not my jam. But it's well written. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I hate it. And it's definitely not as, like, convoluted as the Summoner is. So, you know, there's that. And it's not as convoluted as the... Inventor, which we'll talk ne- we'll talk about next time, but uh, I don't know. Just because it's not my thing doesn't mean that it can't be your thing. And I'm gonna give it a solid eight and a half Beths out of ten. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think so. I would still play this over a summoner or an oracle. I have a friend who's trying to convince me that oracles are actually good. Guess what? He hasn't yet, so. (laughs) Gunslingers. Pretty fun. I agree. All right, Chad, take us out. So there's our thoughts on the gunslinger. Do you have an opinion on the tentacle cannon or the other beast cannon, which will no longer be named? Let us know. Until next time, dice don't die. Player characters do. and, And definitely David. We're coming for you. Yikes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dice Don't Die. Or email us at Dice Don't Die Pod at gmail.com. The intro and outro song, Crunk Night, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work, and the work of many others, can be found royalty-free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure. <laughs>